Powered by MPB, this is Chalkboard Chat, an MPB education podcast, hosted by Jermaine Flood and Tara Wren. To hear this episode and more, visit education.mpbonline.org or download the MPB public media app to listen on your iPhone or Android device. I'm Tara Wren, and you're listening to Chalkboard Chat. Now, let's chat. Today, I'm here with Margie Banks, who is the director of our Instructional Resources Division at MPB in the Education Department. We're so happy to have you on the podcast today. I'm so glad to be here. We'll get right into it. So, Margie, you are the director of a very important division here at MPB, particularly during this time of we're in the COVID-19, in this pandemic, schools are forced to close, and distance learning became a very, very important piece of our lives and our education system in Mississippi and in the world. So this is a very important conversation where I think our listeners will learn a lot today and hopefully be able to use a couple of the services that you talk about here. So let's get to it. So tell me a little bit about your role here at MPB. Just as you said, I'm the director of instructional resources here at MPB. And what we try to do is offer other resources for our K-12 schools. And the resource that we offer for K-12 to kind of give the schools another option for classes and to kind of enhance the classes that they currently have. We have a network known as the Digital Education Network. And basically what this network does, it offers alternatives for the schools to have other classes that they don't normally have in their current school. And what happens with this program, we can teach classes that they need other schools and what happens is the classes, the teacher can teach from one stationary point in their school and they can offer this class to any school in the state of Mississippi. So we try to reach out and give the other schools other options. That's amazing. So where there's lack in one district, another district could help that district out and they're not even connected anyway, just in the same state. And that's the Digital Education Network. Yes. So let's talk about the Digital Education Network, which I believe we call the DEN. Right. This is a very robust technology, state-of-the-art program that we have here that you've just kind of given us a synopsis of and where schools across the state can benefit greatly and our students. Tell us how it works in a little bit more detail. You mentioned about one school being able to offer to the others. Give us an example of how some schools are using it currently. Basically, the schools will let us know what courses that they want to teach. And what we do, we send this information to the schools that are receiving. And they sign up for our courses. And once they sign up, we develop a schedule for these schools. And it's a schedule that meets the needs of the students and the the times that they need them. Well, we would have uh, basically one school that will teach, say, science. Uh, And that particular school will teach maybe five other schools in different districts around the state of Mississippi. And they will be able to receive science from another school. And that's a subject that's uh, needed in a lot of schools because they don't have science teachers actually on site to teach. So we offer that service so that they will have what they need, mostly for the students to graduate. We try to make sure that we offer subject matter that fits the school system and that also will help in graduation and making sure the kids have what they need. So you mentioned science. Are there other key subjects that you see a lot of that schools need where there's a lack in teachers? Yes, we do. 
We noticed that most schools need English. We could also offer English, math, any type of math, algebra, and the subjects that are vocational as well. We may offer ACT prep. We Mm -hmm. may offer anything that will benefit that particular school. So it's hard to say what subject matter because it differs based on what the schools need each year. Well, that's great. So you have a teacher, say, in Natchez, Mississippi, who can be teaching students across the state in Claiborne County, Rankin County, Yazoo County, like that. Is that how it works? That's exactly how it works. Wow. So one teacher could be teaching, instead of 30 students, 500 students, maybe. Exactly. (laughs) I think that's a great service. And I just think that during this time in the pandemic, and particularly even before the pandemic, and you can speak more to this, Margie, our teacher shortage. This helps greatly in that area, right? It does. It does help. And basically how it helps, when we have schools that are in rural areas and they don't have the teachers that they need in those particular areas, especially in science and, say, English and foreign languages, we may have, you know, subject matters that they just cannot get a teacher to teach in that area. And we feel the void for that. Mm -hmm. And we try and make sure that these students are getting what they need. Mm Mm-hmm. Very important. And when you say you're trying to make sure that the students get what they need, can you just talk a little bit more about the importance of this service and how it helps the students? Well, the way it helps these students is it allows them to receive subject matters that they would not normally have. And I've noticed that in some rural areas, I mean, they are really, really needing certain subjects that they just cannot get a teacher to teach in that area. Mm -hmm. So what we do is try and make sure that no student is left behind. Mm -hmm. And we try and make sure that these students get what they need. And we seek to offer subjects that are hard to find Mm -hmm. or hard to employ a teacher in that area. Yes. And I would imagine that before... A lot of people don't like to go to rural areas or they don't stay there a long time and they might move around a lot. Did you find that to be the case? Yeah. Yes, I do. We find that a lot. And now with COVID-19, teachers are retiring and some just aren't deciding not to go into the profession until things get a little better. And so this service is very helpful for those schools who are looking for teachers, certified teachers in those areas to ensure that their students graduate in some cases for the most part. That's correct. So tell us how it helps the district. It helps the district on a number of levels. And why I say that is when it comes to economically. These students can receive education that is needful and there's no charge for it. This service is totally free. Mm. And we offer this as a free service to our Mississippi schools. Mm -hmm. And I think that will kind of fill the void and the gap for the teacher shortage. So Mm -hmm. this is kind of what we're here for. We're here to kind of help fill that void of the subject matter that schools need and also the teacher shortage that we've experienced in Mississippi. Absolutely. And I could see how it's useful to the school districts that... It saves them a little money not to employ that particular teacher at the time, although, you know, eventually they may need them, but saves a little money at the time. And we have a pool of teachers, right? Yes, we do. So tell us a little bit about how those teachers get in the pool. Okay. It's a nice little plan that we have to gather the teachers that we need to make this plan work. What we do, we send out a survey to our schools in Mississippi, and we basically ask them what would they like to teach for this coming year. And we'll give them the subject matter that we need, 
and they will try to fill that need. Mm -hmm. So basically, when we send that information out, they'll send us the information back and we'll put all of it together. Mm -hmm. And that's how we build our schedule. So, you know, this semester you might need a, a science teacher. You might have five science teachers in the pool that can teach science or algebra or the ACT prep. So they may not teach, but they are available. And I understand it. Tell me if I'm right or not. If a school is receiving some instructions, they have to provide a teacher for that pool, whether yes, we they use do. them or not, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. That's basically how we build it. Right. Well, that keeps qualified teachers there. So great. So tell us how many schools are participating or have participated. We've had actually down through the years, we've had over 100 schools to participate okay. in this program. So it has been around quite some time. So we're right now trying to rebuild. Mm -hmm. And if there are schools out there that are interested, you know, in receiving this service, you can definitely contact us and we'll give you that information later. OK, that's great. So there is room for participation in the Digital Education Network. We're it's really distance learning, and the children are able to go to their classes at the same time they normally would occur through the day, right? Right. That's a plus. Right. So, And then they're taught by a qualified teacher. So why is the program overall so important to the state of Mississippi? Well, overall, I feel that it's important because of the teacher shortage. And we know that we have a great teacher shortage in the state of Mississippi. And this service kind of helps them fill the void and make sure that we have a teacher for all of our students. And by allowing them to have another opportunity to come somewhere else or to another resource to gain what they need. Because otherwise, in some schools, they would not have that service. And they probably would not have that course either. They would have to go online or they would have to find this course. But we try and fill that void so that if a teacher or, or if a school needs a, a particular subject, we are there to help out. So you made a good point there. It's live. This is one-on-one -on -one interaction when it's happening. So the student is able to talk to the teacher, ask questions. I think I walked in on a class one time and students were doing a, a presentation in Spanish. So it's really good one-on-one -on -one feedback. Yes, it is. So how many courses? Well, we have several courses, and those courses vary depending on what the schools have to offer. Okay. It can go anywhere from Spanish, sign language. I mean, we even offered that at one time. And we have English, math, history, any type of history. I mean, we've offered all types of history mm -hmm. and also science. A lot of classes. <laughs> yeah, a whole lot of classes. <laughs> so basically what I'm hearing you say is just based on need, just based on what schools need and you do that survey and that makes it, that makes it work. So if a principal or superintendent or district is listening to our podcast, which we hope they are, and they're thinking, okay, well, I don't have the certified teacher. This gives me the certified teacher. So who manages those students while the class is, is going along? Well, we have a system where the school employs a facilitator. Okay. And what that facilitator does, she's responsible for the classroom management. She's responsible for keeping up with the students and making sure that they are doing their work. And the teacher is responsible for the subject matter. So in every classroom, in every school that's connected to this course or to this class, they have a facilitator in each room. I mean, that facilitator can be anywhere from a janitor to, because it's just basic things that they're doing. 
because we have a certified teacher that's actually doing the teaching. Right. So it could be a substitute teacher. It can be anybody that's capable of just doing basic For the classroom management yeah, piece. Okay. Basic work. Gotcha. And what if there's less homework and who facilitates the back and forth and ensuring that the homework is received by the teacher and ensuring that the students get the homework to the teacher? That depends. Okay. Basically, it depends on how the teacher has it set up. Mm -hmm. Because some teachers have online software Mm -hmm. that manage the homework. The students can upload the homework Mm -hmm. or at one time they was actually mailing it. Okay. So I think we're moving a little bit away from that now. Mm-hmm. So most of it is done online and it's uploaded to the teacher. Well, there are so many platforms. I would imagine that yeah. they're using those. OK, that is absolutely great, Margie. So if principals and teachers, they're interested in this, this information can be found on the education website, right? Right. And, and where, where on that site can you find it? The Digital Education tab. And our website is education.mpbonline.org. Okay, this seems like such a huge task to manage. And this network of schools all across the state is just very, very large. And who do you get to help you? Do you have any partners in the state to help you? We do. And they are longtime partners. Mississippi Department of Education. And we also have Delta State University. We have teachers from Delta State that teach several of our classes. And so they, they have been partners with us for the duration of they the service? They have been partners with us for at least um, more than 15, 20 years. Okay. How many teachers do Delta State have that teach the classes? We've had anywhere from five to six teachers. Okay. Currently we have five. Okay. Well, we're certainly happy about this um, program, the Digital Education Network, and we certainly hope that we can get more schools involved. It's a free service to the state of Mississippi. It's a distance learning service where if there are not certified teachers in the classroom, this certainly helps to fill that gap. It's a great support to our education system. And Marge, we thank you for your service and your team service for helping to make this work seamlessly every day. And sometimes on the weekend. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) As a follow-up to our conversation with Marjorie, we're going to continue a conversation with Miss Jane Pickett, who is one of those facilitators that Margie spoke about. Hello, Miss Pickett. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I am doing well. Thank you so much for agreeing to talk a little bit about your role in our Mississippi eLearning for Educators program here at MPB. Not a problem. I enjoy talking about it. Yes, ma'am. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I am currently a semi-retired teacher. I do work uh, three days a week in an elementary school. I also teach classes for Mississippi Public Broadcasting and do a little professional development in my school district. And so I guess I'm not really retired. <laughs> it doesn't much sound like it. <laughs> Yeah, so you were you you sound like a very busy lady and I know that MPB is very very happy to have you as a facilitator. I I've been told that you've been a facilitator for Mississippi e-learning for educators for quite some time. I have been at it a while. I, I think I was part of the pilot that they started. They came to Pascagoula and wanted to get a group of teachers together that could, you know, bounce ideas off of each other and try to get it rolling. And, of course, back then we even had to train our teachers how to 
go on an online class. So it was very hands-on back then. Of course, now our teachers don't really need training to take an online class. It's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, we started way back then and still going strong. Wow. So much history with us here. We appreciate that, certainly. But tell us a little bit about your work as a facilitator. What are your duties? Well, my duties are to help support teachers. Teachers are the busiest people on earth, and they are required to have certain amount of continuing education units, and the online forum just gives them an easy way to fill that requirement. Teachers put, you know, their heart and souls into their jobs, and so yes. they they don't have a lot of time left over to, you know, to take university classes and, and things like that. So many of our teachers are taking care of kids or they're taking care of elderly parents. And so the online class is, you know, I think the facilitators that we have are very cognizant of that and work very well. You know, we have a lot of patience with our teachers because we've been there and we know what they're going through. So you got to have a heart for teachers to teach these classes because there will be times when the teachers are struggling and you need to step in and see what you can do to help. So it, to me, it's, it's kind of almost a calling. You know, we're all on a mission in education. Yes. <laughs> we're, all, we're all trying to save some children. And, and so it's good to be in a class like that where lots of teachers can kind of wrap around you and help you with your problems and, you know, help you if you don't understand the subject matter. And it's a very supportive class, I think. So it can be... Sort of like a support group, too, I'm hearing. <laughs> it really does turn into that sometimes. You know, you can always tell a brand-new teacher, that, and they need that support so badly, so they'll stay in the profession. And then there are teachers that are, you know, we may have a subject like uh, differentiating instruction. And these teachers are really struggling to do that because it's not an easy task all the time. So when you have a bunch of experts in your class to tell you, oh, well, this is how I do it. Let me make that easier for you. You can learn a lot from other teachers. As a matter of fact, it's the best way to learn from other teachers. I totally agree with that. That sounds very supportive and very a very good way to facilitate a course. You mentioned it being a support, knowing teachers are busy and you're having to learn in different ways and learning from each other. Talk a little bit about how you think this e-learning for educators have helped during COVID-19? I would say that teachers, you know, are always working hard and it's always challenging, but this really tops the list because many of our teachers are, some of them are teaching in person and online. And so it's almost like having two different jobs. And mm-hmm. so the support of other teachers within the class has been great because there are so many resources out there right now with technology, but you want somebody to tell you what's available that really work. And te- teachers are able to attach, you know, lessons plans and resources they use for other teachers to use. And, and that, I think that's really helped our teachers that are struggling so much with this new format. We've also had some teachers that have, you know, gotten ill and they may be taking these classes at home while they have COVID. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's a great way for them to, you know, if they're not feeling that bad, they can take these classes as well. So I think the COVID has really been a cause of great stress for teachers, but the online forum does tend to help them, I think. 
Margie mentioned that the courses last, each course lasts about four weeks. How many students could you have within a four-week course? Usually, they like to have at least 10 teachers in the class, and I've had as many as, say, 45 in the class. It makes it, I think, the, the more teachers, the better, because I try to let my teachers cluster together, like high school people will get together, and, you know, I'll try to identify, oh, you're a social studies teacher, so is Mary, you might want to chat with her, and, you know, try to get groups of teachers going. So within the class, there will also be little little friendships formed, you know, Mm -hmm. and often we have, like, PE coaches who, who don't always have the correct professional development, but when they can get in there and say, I can tell them, oh, well, so-and-so is also a coach or a PE coach, mm-hmm. they get together and have conversations about the subject matter, and I think that makes for a really rich environment. So it really doesn't matter how big the classes are. We can always accommodate the teachers that are involved. What courses do you teach? I, you know, since I've been teaching them so long, I've pretty much taught most all of them. But, okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I have some favorites. I, I do like uh, the differentiated instruction class because that is often a place where teachers struggle trying to meet the needs of so many different kinds of children that we serve. And we have a newer class about mental health and behavior issues that I really enjoy teaching because that is an area teachers don't know a lot about. We know about how to handle behavior issues, but when it runs into mental health and the families need help, that course was really eye-opening for for myself and a lot of the teachers that took it because it told about the resources that were out in Mississippi that you could find to suggest to your parents or to show your counselor. I even showed my counselor, who I thought knew everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> some ideas for these kids that need that extra help that we're not available to provide right in the classroom. What do you like most? Because I'm hearing from you, there's so much that these classes offer to teachers. I think, as I said, there's a camaraderie among teachers and veterans like myself where we want to promote the teaching profession. We want these people to succeed. Our state depends on these people succeeding. And so I really enjoy when I can feel like I've really helped this teacher stay in the profession or that I've helped this teacher really understand what she was struggling with before. And I love to encourage our superstar teachers. You can read their post and know that they're just bright and shiny. And I love encouraging them and letting them know that, wow, I see you. You know, I see mm-hmm. that you are really putting your heart into the, your classroom. Because all teachers need that encouragement, and they don't get it quite enough. Absolutely. <laughs> it's not in their paycheck. It has to come from somewhere. Absolutely. <laughs> we applaud them. We applaud you for helping them, for sure. <laughs> but tell me, what is a memorable moment that you've had that's just kind of stuck with you over the years? Oh, let's see. It's been interesting to have a lot of teachers that are trying to decide whether to come back to the classroom. So you have young mothers who may stay out with their kids for a few years, and then when the kids start school, they want to come back to the classroom and they want to get their certification renewed. And so it's kind of like a little challenge to me to see if I can make the classroom sound like I feel it is to make them want to return to the classroom because we have quite a teacher shortage going on right now and getting those teachers that I know 
seem to still have that spark and want to return. It's always at the end of the class when they tell me, well, I, I got a job or something like that. I feel really good about that. I'm sure that is a great reward to know that your hard work has been rewarded through someone else and and such a fulfilling thing. You spoke earlier about this kind of being like a mission of yours. And so I wonder, you know, you've stuck around a long time and (laughs) the service has been around for more than 20 years. What has made you stick? I don't know if it's old school or if new teachers feel this way, but when you're teaching and you struggle and you get through some problems with your principal or with parents or, you know, all of the many problems or with a behavior of students, and you you know some things and you can share those with teachers that don't know those things yet. And that, I mean, you can hear it in their voices, you can read it in their posts, you know, that they are really struggling and that they need your help. And you know when people need your help, that's what teachers do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think that's why I've stayed at it so long, because there's always somebody in my class that seems to just need that little bit of teacher support to stay in the profession and to be successful with students. It's a great career, but it's not an easy career. Absolutely. <laughs> but and and for the teachers who are taking your class, there's lots of benefits in having a seasoned person with lots of knowledge and lots of resources around. And so MPB and Margie and the team, we're certainly happy to have you to continue to be a facilitator with Mississippi eLearn for Educators here at MPB. Before we go, why do you think it's important that MPB continued to offer this service in the state of Mississippi? I really think there are so many teachers that are trying to make that decision whether to come back to the classroom. They don't want to lose their license. This is a great way for them to get that. And recently, I've been having more and more teachers that are actually outside the country Hmm. that are from Mississippi, and they want to keep that license current but they're working for maybe an American school in Japan, and they'll come, and boy, that really makes our classes rich when we can talk about what's going on in your country. Wow, (laughs) that's a whole nother conversation to be had. It's really great, and those teachers, usually they're either just left Mississippi or they're heading back to Mississippi, so we're getting those teachers back in, and It's really fun to know that they're going to bring that experience back into our classrooms in Mississippi. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Ms. Jane Pickett, who is a facilitator for Mississippi eLearning for Educators here at MPB Education. Well, I appreciate you having me. Well, Margie, now let's talk about the other person in the classroom that's most important, too, our teachers. Our teachers have to get professional development hours in order to continue teaching, to remain certified. And so we offer here at MPB in the Education Department e-learning for educators. Tell us a little bit about that program. Well, our e-learning program, and it's known as Mississippi e-learning for educators here at MPB. And what this is, is a professional development program that offers CEUs to certified teachers. And these classes are taken online. Everything is processed online from the registration to the payments. So we have tried to make this very convenient for our teachers to give them an option to be able to take their classes in the comfort of their homes. How long are the classes? How long do they last in terms of weeks, months? Our classes are four weeks. Four weeks. They only last four weeks. 
And this gives our teachers an opportunity to receive their CEUs within four weeks. How long has this service been available through MPB? It's been available, I think, since 2008. Okay. Well, how many teachers would you say on average participate and go through MPB to get their CEUs? Well, are you saying just for one, like one four-week course or... How many teachers have we served over the years? Uh, well, both. That's a, that's a good question. Like doing a course, how many courses do you teach and how many teachers register for those courses? Well, we have anywhere from six to eight courses that we teach per session. Okay. And in those courses, we have about, we're close to sometimes, we've had over 400 teachers before okay. to uh, sign up for these classes. Wow. And uh, we have in our network that have taken our classes over 3,000. Okay. Over the course of? Over the course of okay. e-learning. Okay. So what are those classes that we offer a teacher can select from? Well, basically, the teacher can select um, classroom management. Mm -hmm. We have best practices. We also offer setting the successful classroom. That is one of our new courses. We also offer special education inclusion, and that's for our students that may need more. And we try and give the other teachers an opportunity to get more insight on how to help our students that need us the most. Mm -hmm. Well, that, those are the only ones that I can just think of right off the top of my head. And so they can find those on the website that we gave earlier as well under that digital learning tab. People can find the list of courses. And do you add new courses as time goes on? We do. Actually, we're in the process of doing that now. We just added a new course, How to Teach in a Virtual Environment, and also the challenges that you may face when you're teaching virtually. Those are the two newest classes that we have available. So it sounds like you're trying to make sure that you're relevant. Right. And what the teachers need. And what about what grade levels of teachers participate in e-learning? K through 12. Most of our classes are universal. They can be used in any setting, any grade level. In the past, we've had courses that were catered to different levels of school, but right now, most of the classes that we have are universal. And you mentioned earlier a cost. What is the cost of e-learning classes? The cost for each class is $85. Okay. And how do those funds help MPB? Well, basically, we pour all of this money back into this network to better serve our teachers. And basically, it's used to pay our facilitators that are teaching these classes and try and keep everything relevant going forward. So that leads me to my next question, facilitators. So who's teaching the teachers? <laughs> the teachers that's teaching the teachers are teachers. <laughs> well, basically, the teachers are teaching each other. <laughs> these are qualified teachers that have had extensive training themselves, mm -hmm. and they you know, have to have certain qualifications in order to teach other teachers. Mm -hmm. So we make sure that we vet each one of our teachers to make sure that they have what it takes to better serve our teachers that are serving our students. And how many facilitators do you currently have? We have about... 10 right now, and we're still building that network of teachers. So you're also looking for those facilitators for e-learning, right? Exactly. Okay. Thank you, Margie. This has been very helpful information. I know that you also have a, a 2021 course calendar and the schedule with registration deadlines listed. That can also be found on the education website. Yes, they can. Okay. I have been talking with Ms. Margie Banks. Director of Instructional Resources here in the MPB Education Department.
we're going to continue our conversation about Mississippi e-learning for educators with another facilitator for this wonderful service that Mississippi Public Broadcasting offers. Today, I have also with me Miss Melissa Twiner, who is an educator with JPS and a facilitator for our e-learning service. How are you today, Melissa? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you? I am doing great. First of all, I want to thank you for your service to Mississippi students. Thank you for your service to MPB, to our educators, and you get to teach both sides of the classroom, both sides of the desk, rather. Yes, the best of both worlds. <laughs> the best of both worlds. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's get started with you telling us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your professional work. Okay. Of course, again, I am Melissa Twiner. I am a facilitator with MTB. I've been with you all since um, 2015, and I absolutely love it, I must say. And I am also an educator, as you stated, with Jackson Public School District. I'm actually a special education teacher working at the elementary level, fourth and fifth grade scholars. And I have been doing that for about seven years now. Okay. As a teacher. I started off with um, teaching sixth grade, middle school, sixth grade language arts. But, of course, um, I got my certification for special education, and they needed me to switch over, so that's the reason why I did. In any event, um, I love working with children just as much as I love working with adults, and that's where MPB comes in. So when I had the opportunity to start, it was something that I knew that I wanted to continue on with because it, it has been a great opportunity. And I would also say a learning experience for me as well, given the fact that there are various, I mean, as far as the participants, of the e-learning um, courses that I have facilitated. It's adults of all ages and all backgrounds. And, you know, so we all come together to kind of bring different experiences and different things to the table. So a little more background, a personal background about myself. I am a native of Jackson, Mississippi, born and raised. And, you know, this is my state in my area. That sounds wonderful. You have great experience. And I was talking to a fellow facilitator earlier, Miss Jane Pickett, and she said the same thing that you just said in terms of being a facilitator and meeting all these different teachers with different backgrounds, various experience, and how it just comes together. And it's a learning experience for everyone. So it sounds like, as I said to her, it sounds like E-learning for educators is kind of a little of a support group as well, and everybody learning from everybody. Absolutely, because, again, as a facilitator myself and working with others, you just never know. Because although I try to stay up on top of things as far as the field of education is concerned, it's constantly growing and evolving. And just like the situation that we find ourselves in now with the virtual environment, it, it things are constantly changing. Mm -hmm. And with that being said, my experiences, of course, would be different from other experiences. And when you put them all together and you're sharing in this professional learning community, you just never know what you can grasp from someone else that, you know, you may not have necessarily been aware of. So it really, I would say, that's one of the things that I really, really enjoy about being a facilitator with MPB. It's the fact that 
I not only get to work with other adults, just being in that community where we can kind of, again, learn from each other. I facilitate, but we're also still learning from each other. And that's one thing about being in education. You always want to stay on top of things. You always want to learn new things because you never know when you may be able to use something or you never know when an experience may be helpful for someone else. And again, that's where that constant collaboration comes into play. Absolutely. You talk about being on top of things. This past year has certainly taught all of us, you know, the necessity and particularly in our education arena that is very important to stay on top of things. And so that's one important thing that we have to keep in mind. And it's good to hear that this service does that for teachers across the state of Mississippi. Absolutely. So I want to stay in this conversation about the love for it, why you do it, the heart for it, how it helps you as a facilitator. What would you tell another teacher or someone else aspiring to come on and be a facilitator? Well, I would say as long as your heart is in it, because my heart is definitely in it. And I, you know, I want to see the best for everyone. And, you know, that goes from children all the way up to adults. And I feel like as far as someone who might be interested in becoming a facilitator, you know, once again, not only would you be facilitating the course, but it goes back to once again, you also can grasp different concepts and different knowledge from others who are in the field as well. So with that being said, you never know what you might possibly as a facilitator be able to take away through these courses that's provided by MTV. And I will say that I have had the pleasure of facilitating several different courses, and all of which I have to honestly say throughout my years of doing it, I've come out or ended the course not only being thanked for what I provided, but also learning something new myself. And so that's one of the perks of being a facilitator. One of the perks is that you're definitely going to, because it's, to me, even though it's virtual, it's very hands-on because you have to make sure that you're participating, you're collaborating, and you, of course, as a facilitator, you have to kind of keep that going. And as you're keeping it going, of course, you're interacting. And again, you're just being able to be really involved in the learning of others while you also can have the opportunity to learn yourself. Absolutely. Now, what courses do you teach? I have taught best practices for differentiated instruction. That's the course that I'm currently facilitating. I've facilitated writing across the curriculum, teaching children with mental and behavior issues, and special education inclusion. We used to offer the ELA following the math and beyond, and those are the courses that I've had the pleasure of facilitating. Tell us about an experience, maybe an interaction with a particular teacher or something that you learned from one of the sessions over the past few years that sticks with you. To be honest with you, the best part of facilitating is when it comes to the end. And I've gotten so many messages at the end of the courses where educators are thanking me so much for the materials, the information, and the feedback. 
and all of that. And I think for me, that's just like with working with the younger scholars, when you know that you're actually making a difference, mm-hmm. I think that that is the biggest thing for me because at the end of the courses that I've taught, it never fails that it's going to be a group of educators that's going to reach out to me even after the course has ended, just offering their gratitude for the services that were provided as far as the courses are concerned. And so I think that's one of the biggest things that has stood out to me. So you do make a difference, by the way. Um, It's good to hear you say that. It sounds like that is a recurring theme here that you guys become great resources for those teachers. Oh, yes. Now, can you walk me through one of your classes, not necessarily content-wise, but what could a student, teacher-student, expect when they register for the class and start the class over the four weeks? Well, I will say this. Once you register and start the class, be prepared for all that you will be provided because it's definitely going to be some great materials that you're learning. You're definitely getting knowledge about whatever core or subject area that you're being taught. And so I think that when you come in, because some participants tend to come in and they'll straight up tell you, oh, I'm very nervous. This is the first time that I've been involved in an e-learning course or whatnot. And I have to tell them, don't be, because at this point, You're going to get through it. I'm going to be there for you to make sure. And I'm sure the other facilitators do the same thing. But just be prepared because you will be coming into a setting where you will gain knowledge. And when I say be prepared, I don't mean that in the sense that you should be nervous about it. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying that there's so much information that you'll be able to gain from the courses that, you know, it's just a matter of you taking it all in however you need to take it in. Right. Well, that's good information for someone knowing what to expect. I've heard that there are lots of resources, links and documents and websites that you all provide outside of your personal resources that you know about that's not even connected with the class and your support there are very important to the students. Oh, absolutely. Because I know, of course, you know, even with the materials that's provided, in some cases where a participant may have a question about something that they're not quite maybe sure about and I will go in and I'll look up some information I'll send it to them just to make sure that they understand because there's a lot of material that's provided already but at the same time the goal is to make sure that they understand and get exactly what they need. Right now I know that this is done via the website platform there what platform is is being used? Canvas. Is it user-friendly? It's absolutely user-friendly. <laughs> it is because, of course, when I first started, we were using a different platform, mm-hmm. but I love using Canvas. I do love using Canvas. It is, to me, very, very user-friendly. Um, everything seems to be set out just as clear. To me, it's very, very clear. Once you log in and you see your courses, everything is pretty much right there for you. And I have a tendency to make sure that I not only look at it from my point of view, but as well as the participant's point of view, just to make sure that I'm seeing exactly what they're seeing. And with that being said, it is very, you know, it's very, very simple to me to follow. And even for those maybe older participants, 
I think with Canvas that even with the older participants that may not be so tech savvy, mm-hmm. I think that Canvas is definitely a better platform, in my opinion, mm-hmm. that we're using for them to even be able to follow through as far as what they need to do. Yes. Um, just a little background. We did. Um, Margie was on earlier. She and I were talking here and telling um, our listeners about the programs. And we recently transitioned to Canvas because we did an, an analysis and did a little research and talking to participants and facilitators like yourself and, you know, needed a little more user friendly to the end user, as well as the facilitators who work on the back end with some of it, a little more user-friendly platform. And so we chose Canvas, and I'm glad to hear you say that you feel like it it was the best choice and seems to be working fine. So we're happy to hear that. (laughs) Yes, I agree. Yes. There are lots of services that offer e-learning courses. Why would you tell someone to an instructor or teacher to come and participate with Mississippi eLearning for Educators? I will say this. I feel like that the courses that we provide, it's like a one-stop educational shop. And what I mean by that is from me just, you know, kind of looking through and different CEU opportunities that I've come across, hands down, I feel that the services or the the courses that offered, you are allowed three CEU credits, whereas some of these other programs may only offer 0.6 or 0.5 or something of that sort. And a lot of educators are looking to get because you have to get, depending on you know your license, of course, mm-hmm. you have to get so many CEUs. By taking courses through Mississippi Public Broadcasting, the e-learning courses, of course, you can get three just by taking one course. Mm-hmm. So to me, that's a win-win situation. <laughs> yes, that's I'm, I'm learning something. <laughs> yes, that's a win-win. <laughs> yes, I would say so. So we are hoping that we get, we're trying to really promote the program. We know now more than ever, our teachers need their professional development. And we want to invite more teachers to participate, to come and take a course through with MPB. We're looking all the time to make sure that we are relevant, that we have the courses that teachers need and that support the needs in the classroom as well as outside of the classroom. I would highly, highly recommend if you are an educator and really and truly within the state or outside the state, if you're looking for CEUs, I would highly recommend taking a course with Mississippi Public Broadcasting e-learning. And the reason I say that is because, and I'm not just saying this, I know for a fact that you won't, and I'm willing to put my name on it, you won't be disappointed with what you will be provided as far as the services are concerned. And the best part of it all, once you complete the course, of course you have to complete the course in its entirety to receive the three CEUs, and the courses are at this time four weeks long. With that being said, I would recommend you at least giving it a try. You will not be disappointed at all. And all the facilitators that I've met, I believe that I can speak for them when I say that, you know, we're here for you all. We want to see you be successful with your courses, and you will not, and I said this before, be disappointed. So I would say if you have not already, please do sign up 
to take one of the courses. Well, you heard it here from Melissa Twiner. Mississippi e-learning for educators will not disappoint. And you get three CEUs once you take the four-week course. Melissa Twiner, we thank you here at MPB for your service as a facilitator in our Mississippi e-learning for educators program. We look forward to your continued service. And just thank you, thank you, thank you. And just know that you do make a difference. Thank you so much. I do appreciate you. To our listeners, if you want to see our course calendar, all of the information on the courses that you can take when they start, you can log on to education.mpbonline.org and click on the distance learning tab. This has been such a very enlightening conversation. I think that two very important services in in the Instructional Resources Division of e-learning for educators in Mississippi, as well as the Digital Education Network that helps our students, particularly those in the rural areas, those who do not have certified teachers. We just want everyone that's listening, if you're involved with a school, a principal, a teacher, um, superintendent, if you see where these services are needed, please log on to education.mpbonline.org and click on the distance learning tab and you can find more information. Also, you can always call us at 601-432-6565. I am Tara Wren with Chalkboard Chat. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to Chalkboard Chat, an MPB education podcast. To hear this episode and more, visit education.mpbonline.org or download the MPB public media app to listen on your iPhone or Android device. This podcast is hosted with love by ACAST.